We're in the parking lot of Waldo's today. Did you see the sign? Voted best chicken fingers by us. By us. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, we can put. We need to put that on our mar- marquee. Voted best church in Dothan by us. By us. I'm Paul Thompson. I'm Charles Uptang. And we have a special guest today. Hey, this is Stephen Wilson. Stephen Wilson, that's a name you'll start hearing a lot of as we uh, uh, throw him in the mix of all kinds of things ministry-related. Stephen is pioneering our first-ever pastoral residency program. So why are we doing this residency program, Charles? Tell them about it. Why are we uh, doing all of the kind of training we're doing? I I think the whole point of this is is really our mindset of being wanting to be a church that's, um, I guess, sending out ministers, sending out people uh, ready to uh, share the gospel and, and do it in a way that we believe the Bible um, tells us to do it, gives us a, a way to do church. And so we want to export that, I guess, is a, a word you would say to it. So um, how do we do that well? Well, um, you know, we don't feel like we can just leave it to the seminaries for that. We feel like they need some some church uh, experience and also um, um, so I think Calvary is a good place for that. And I think it's the next step in our in our taking the step towards kingdom, looking at the kingdom, and wanting to be a part of partners uh, throughout uh, the U.S. especially. Something we heard when we were at the Nine Mars Weekender that I thought just really resonated with us and what we really want to be doing. And one of the presenters spoke of being a church that's either a net importer or a net exporter. And I thought we have been, like majority of churches like us, typically an importer of of leadership, um, I won't use the word talent necessarily, but of gifted leaders. So if there's a position to be filled, if there's a need that comes up, you look outside yourself. So you you look to hire, you look at different hiring sites or organizations, or you gather resumes and you try to find someone that could fill that role. But all almost always from the outside. And Charles, what are some of the what are some of the limitations of that? Now, obviously, we've got staff, and some of our guys have come from the outside and everything. We value them; they're, they're doing a great job for us. But what are some of the limitations you've seen of bringing in someone outside the the organization? Well, it's it's kind of like uh, speed dating um, in some ways because you you just get the surface level. You see this piece of paper with the resume, and uh, they may have you know they've spent time to put their best foot forward, who they are, but you're really not going to know that person and know them well and know if they fit with the culture of the church until they're here and they're here for a while. So it's it's really, it's kind of like, you know, you're just, you're hoping, you're praying that God leads you to the right person, but it's, uh, there's a lot of unknowns with a staff search, unknowns. What benefits do you see and what's the benefit? So for like if a Calvary person is listening today, what's the benefit to them of saying we're intentionally trying to train up our own, raise up our own, recognize the people that God has already placed among us and help develop them for ministry here and then also to send them out from here? What are the benefits to our church? Well, I think one thing is it helps us have a good good picture of the body of Christ. You know, we, we believe that, that God has given us the local body here, uh, the pieces and the parts and the talents to do what he's calling us to do as ministry. And so that should lead us to think, you know what, if we if we look for the right people and if we train them well, um, God's going to raise them up so that we can meet the needs that he's going to give us instead of having to look outside of ourselves to do it. 
So, Stephen, you're you're about to finish seminary. You're in the final stretch. Yes, I think I have five more classes. So, so five. Yeah. So, so I don't, untold to number of end. classes down. Yeah. So five more to go. Yeah. Now, this might be a bit of a loaded question mm-hmm. for someone still in seminary, but what do you feel like has been the the primary benefit of your seminary classes? And the second question to follow that is, what do you feel like seminary is not able to give you to prepare you for ministry? It's not that loaded of a, of a question. Uh, the main thing that seminary has given me was just a, a really solid theological foundation. Because um, I, I came into seminary as a kind of a young believer, and it's just really filled in a lot of holes and questions that I had, originally obviously creating a lot more um, as I'm coming out. But it just uh, it gave me a really good theological background to actually um, hopefully minister with and um just be faithful with so and you're fresh enough in it still that uh, you could probably remember this i can't remember now from my seminary days but can you think of one class that has stood out to you as being particularly beneficial hmm. that's a good question uh, i loved i loved all of um my bible classes i took them in order so i really got kind of the progressive revelation in order and actually being able to see god unfold the scriptures um and that way was really helpful with me actually understanding what he was trying to tell about tell us about Christ and um, the systematic theology classes as well um, filled in filled in some holes I guess I I came in with and you know those were really helpful too so those were probably the two that I would I would think were the most helpful off the top of my head so as far as practical ministry stuff. Um, the nuts and bolts of working in a church or working in ministry or being on mission. Um, what do you think that seminary is not able to do? They're just not. I mean, like Southern is a great school. It's just the the practical experience. You just can't really get in a classroom, you know, as, as much as you can try to make that happen. Um, that's where, um, you know, that's where just the seminary experience just kind of lacks. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any fault on them for that. I just, uh, you know yeah it's kind of for me i remember back to those days it was kind of always artificial Mm -hmm. you know like you you have these uh practical classes that are trying to teach you um you know about your devotion life your prayer life or they're trying to teach you about evangelism Mm -hmm. but it's very um you know it's very i don't know it's it's artificial i mean they're like okay go out today and see three people and share your faith or um journal and don't you turn in your journal when you're done or you know it's always about a class it's it's it was very artificial to me anything that was ministry oriented Mm -hmm. in seminary or even preaching classes yeah i remember doing preaching classes and um of course this is a little bit old school steven so you have to bear with me way back when i was doing an mdiv at new orleans and um, one of our preaching professors wanted us to wear a tie because that was his conviction that you wear a tie when you're preaching in the pulpit so mm-hmm. You knew when it was your time up, whoever, you could look around the room and know, okay, he must be the guy today because he's wearing a tie. And then to preach this sermon that you've prepared and preach it before 20 other preacher guys is a very weird and artificial environment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was always terrible at that. You know, that's so, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, I think unintentionally, perhaps, probably, churches have ceded almost all the training of their people and their leaders to outside sources. And I'm a huge fan of Southern. I, I graduated from Southern Seminary also. And, uh, you know, so I think the world of what seminary can do, but it can only do what it can yeah. do. Yeah. And I think churches are at fault for seeding that sort of training 
in terms of what does real life leadership look like, problem solving look like, functioning in healthy church ecclesiology, dealing with real life problems and people and situations. Um, I could probably make a longer list now of things I would love to have learned in seminary than I could when I started, Mm -hmm. but I think it's not an either or, it's a both and. And so that's one of the reasons for us, trying to get guys like you, whom God has called to ministry, gifted for ministry, to use this as a season to to sharpen edges and and maybe even you know having the benefit of getting a clear sense of what sort of ministry specifically God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started in ministry, it seemed like the trajectory almost always was: if you want to get started in ministry, you get your foot in the door in children's ministry or student ministry, and then you can work your way up from that. And you know that's really not what we see as a as God's plan. That doesn't. We don't even think that's a beneficial way mm-hmm. of doing things. There are people who are gifted to work with children. There are people who are gifted to work with students. There are people who are gifted in certain areas, and that's not a less than position. It's just a different position. It's just different today. So for you, I think there's some benefit in figuring out okay, what what has God really shaped me for? What am I passionate about? Yeah. One other thing, back to the search process, Paul. You've you've mentioned uh, before how it's just really weird to be going and. St- and almost feel like you're stealing from another church, you know, and that's, that's what the search process always felt like. It's like, you're trying to take somebody, um, from an opposing team when really, you know, we're all supposed to be in this together. So it always just feels weird on those searches. It does. And and the closer it gets to home, the closer it gets to your own community and things that, you know, the worse that gets, but yeah, you, you feel like, I hope we can celebrate this, but we're celebrating something that another church is going to mourn. Yeah. And if this person is really good, then that other church is going to lose even as we win. So yeah, that's a that's a tough thing. And I think I think we're overlooking this is a bigger picture thing. And Stephen, you can kind of speak to this and maybe how God called you. But I think we're really missing out on the sense of there are people sitting out there, so to speak, every Sunday morning that God is calling, that we ought to be challenging. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling? you to become? Who is he calling out from among us? And I really believe there are more sitting there week to week than, than most of us realize, most mm-hmm. of our churches realize. Yeah, but with that, do you do you also sense a change in in the in maybe our perception or what we expect from the congregation? Because, you know, I remember I'm obviously a homegrown product, as in I came from Calvary, but I'm very rare in that. Um, I think it's becoming more and more normal. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I think in the past, it's almost been like you can't stay near your home church because the people won't accept you, won't take you as a leader. I mean, I've heard all those things. I've heard them all a lot, all my life, you know. Um, you think there's a change in people's attitudes towards that in the church? Are we hoping there's a change in that to be able to keep the people that we have? It, does that need to happen? Yeah, that's good. That's there probably is a greater need for that change to happen than there actually is a change yet because I'm sure even in your experience here when you were a bit younger, you were still little Charles or, yeah. you know. Yeah, 20, oh, I remember, 23 I, year old, yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember little Charles when I had him in vacation Bible school. Do you remember what a pistol he was? Do you remember when we took them to Waterworld? <laughs> you know, so you yeah. have to overcome that sort of thing. But I hope, and that's part of our conversation today is, is hopefully our people will begin to appreciate the intentionality behind training up our own people, and um, and see the just see the good in that. And again, and I want to make this clear too: it's not just that we're trying to develop our own closed loop system here. So we've always mm-hmm. got people to replace other people, or people get older. We can, you know, we've got a system, but we're looking to export. You know, we we really want to be we want to be able to send people out from here and take what we think is a solid biblical DNA. 
theologically, lots of areas of theology from, like I mentioned, ecclesiology or soteriology, um, with certain skills to be able to preach and lead, all those things. We want to be able to export those. We want to be able to be a resource for God's kingdom where local churches can. And so that kind of goes back to your point of you know, when you're taking staff and you're going and recruiting staff from other churches, uh, that's a different dynamic than us intentionally saying someone like Stephen, we would be thrilled with Stephen taking a position in this community somewhere to lead, whether it's worship leader, preaching, teaching, you know, whatever it may be, because we're intentionally trying to do that. Right. Um, that would that would be different than one of our key folks that we're hoping, you know, that's invested here and and wants to be here and they're being recruited out, you know. But we are intentionally trying to send our, our folks mm-hmm. out. And again, ideally not to like lateral positions. You know, like so for instance, you know, Charles, for you to just go to a different church and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go be executive pastor over there, you know, that, that's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about is if God is drawing people here, stirring people up here to go do something different that they're not doing here. Like, yeah. I really feel like God is, you know, I've been serving in this way for a long time. I feel like God's calling me to the mission field, and then we want to help you, and we want to encourage you to do that. Or I really feel like God wants me to be preaching and teaching primarily, and I've been doing students or I've been doing children. And then we want to help you and do that. Yeah. And so exporting is really, really and, part of the challenge. And this may be a hard conversation to have with that or to say out loud, but, you know, I think we believe that we are um, trying our best to do to do church the way that God wants it done, and because of that, I think we see churches around us that a lot of churches who aren't. And so, if we can help um, export people that understand the right ecclesiast- ecclesiology and understand what the Bible says about worship and those kind of things, then I think that's a win for the kingdom. If we see other churches who who are not doing it like us, that's not the point, but are trying to do it as the Bible would want it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, humbly, I, I do think we have something to offer and uh, sort of brings us back to the conversation about chicken fingers. We're in the parking <laughs> lot of Waldo's today. Do you see the sign? Voted best chicken fingers. By us, by us. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, we can put. We need to put that on our marquee. Voted that, best church in Dothan by us. By us. Yeah. That's right. But we do feel not with not with pride or arrogance, but we do feel like we're on the right trajectory and we're trying to do things the right way. And we want to be able to export that for the health of other churches because other healthy churches in the community is good for the community. Yeah. And we're not in competition with healthy churches. We're mm-hmm. in cooperation with yeah. other healthy churches. Stephen, what? In your mind, and you're just starting, I mean, Stephen is like week one here with us. So, Stephen, what are you hoping personally to gain from an intentional pastoral residency program? I think um, really what what I need help with is just discerning, further discerning God's call in my life, you know, within ministry, um, just the general direction. And I know we've kind of talked about that Um you know, because as of right now, our plan is to split time between the worship ministry, which is where I have felt led, and then other areas as well, and and really discern that calling, because um, you know, it's difficult to be just in seminary and not be actually doing um, doing what you feel like God has called you to do, and actually seeing the confirmation from the body as well. You know, because it's one thing to feel led to do something; it's another thing for God to actually actually equip you to do it. Um, and so, to actually kind of have, you know, seasoned ministers actually kind of guide you in that—that's really yeah. one thing um, that I'm looking forward to over this year. So, one thing I thought of with this with this program and its potential value is that 
I really think in a lot of ways, uh, ministry is much harder now mm-hmm. than, than when I began. Um, how old are you, Stephen? 29. So I started full-time ministry, I guess, at 20, well, 22, 23, not mm-hmm. pastoral ministry, but student ministry as I was going through school and working through school, and then actually began preaching and teaching Sunday by Sunday basis when I was 26, mm-hmm. or right before I turned 26. But I think in a lot of ways, it's harder now. I mean, the culture is just different, and the challenges are different. Um, I would say things from the pulpit. I could preach things 30 years ago that people wouldn't bat an eye at. Yeah. I, no one would consider it controversial. No one mm-hmm. would think, oh, um, I can't. I can't share that with my friends, but today it's different, and so the challenges are, are greater. And I think the preparation necessarily has to step up to that. Mm-hmm. And something else that you mentioned, which I think is really important, and I wish more younger guys thought that way or would see it that way, the benefit of having some some older, more experienced, hopefully ideally wiser, mm-hmm. because they've been through some of those experiences and suffered more failures and losses and those kind of things, but people who have some experience in the church, experience with the Lord, experience with the Word, that sort of thing, that mm-hmm. you can go to. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times that I've thought, man, I wish there was somebody just you know local, for instance, that I could say, hey, let's get together, let's talk about this. I, this is a tough passage. This is this is this is a difficult text. Now, for us here at Calvary, and one of the things you probably noticed today in our staff meeting is we get to do that together as peers, mm-hmm. put that text right out there in front of everybody, and let's talk about it. Let's talk about the hard parts. Let's talk about the the parts that. Or a little more difficult to understand. Let's talk about how that applies. How you know, and that's that's very beneficial. And uh, so I think the the fruit of that will really be long term yeah. for ministry and finding those people that, that can pour into you a little bit that way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah um, so you know, obviously, Stephen is one aspect of this that we're trying, as in, to train up a, another generation of leaders, or however we want to see this, in, in lots of different ways. Paul, you have some other ideas of things that you're going to start towards training. What what are some of those? Um, one important thing I think will be really beneficial, and this is going to apply to Stephen, it'll apply to our it'll apply to our pastoral assistants. And, and by the way, if you're a Calvary person listening to this, the difference between this pastoral residency program and the interns, as we refer to them as, and really our, our pastoral assistants that we have, guys on staff, John Adams and Carson, is that those guys have not started seminary yet. They have not determined exactly what course of study and, and pursuits they're going to have. So they're they're learning and they're working their way through and developing those things, but really similar. I mean, they're in a, in a long-term development program here too and trying to invest in those guys. But there are also people in the congregation that want this. And so one of the things that we're going to be doing together, and pretty soon, um, beginning in the fall, is a preaching cohort. So anybody in the congregation, any of the men in the congregation that feel that God might be calling them, they would like to make themselves available and be useful in preaching and teaching ministry to the church, whether it's here at Calvary or in other churches, because, man, there are always needs. You know, there are always, there are always churches that are either without pastors or have pulpits to be filled and, and um, for us to really intentionally pour into them. So I'll be leading this group through some intentional training how to prepare a sermon and my personal devotional life and how to deliver sermons and critical elements in preaching and teaching. And so those guys will come together, not just to be lectured, but to read and study together, to share feedback with one another, um, to give some reports from things they've read together, and also to actually preach. So we've got Wednesday night opportunities, Sunday night opportunities. And so those guys will actually be preaching and teaching 
the congregation in months to come, and then they'll have the joy of immediate feedback from their peers. Yeah. We'll talk about it. How did that go? What what do you wish you had done differently? What could he have done better? Those kind of things, really just to help them grow. And I'm, I'm doing that really because I look back and I thought how beneficial that would have been to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I cringe looking back at some sermons that I preach, not only for the content that I can look up on my computer and look at the files that I save, but God forbid the delivery or the you know or the preparation, all those things that could have been so much better if I'd have had the intentional prep. So that's one of the things that we'll be doing to help develop people. So if that appeals to you, and again, because we believe that the preaching ministry of the church is an elder-like ministry, these are these are men younger and not so young that would potentially be elders here that we'd be looking to potentially select as elders, but because they f- fall into that role of preaching to the whole congregation, we believe that that's a function and a responsibility that God biblically, not just our culture, not just our denominational stance, but biblically has reserved for men. This is a group of men that will be doing that together. Um, so I hope it'll be hope it'll be really beneficial. Yeah, but I think there, uh, and you kind of mentioned it, but I just want to go back a second about. There's a role that I think the whole congregation plays in that, and and that is to be um, willing to sit underneath that. You know, it's kind of like uh, maybe this is a bad analogy, but it's kind of like you have to go sometimes to those uh, junior high band concerts and things. You know, <laughs> as a as a parent, you know, it may not be yeah. the best, but it's your child, and and so you love it, and you're there to support them. I think the congregation needs to see any opportunities from open classes teaching to, um, like you said, Sunday night teaching to, you know, they need to be there to support their family. It's, this is our family that's trying to learn and grow and, and God can use all of us. And I remember, and you've mentioned it before, but man, my first sermon here, I did it here at Calvary when I was 17 years old. And I think I was in the pulpit for maybe 12 or 13 minutes. You know, it was very fast. Mm -hmm. You know, it poured out all you had. Yeah, it was, it was gone, you know, (laughs) like that. I had practiced that thing forever. And then you speak three times faster than you need to, because the nerves hit you and all that. But, but that's how we grow and how we get better at those kind of things. So I think there is a a role that the whole conversation, Congregation plays. Yeah, that's in a great this. point, and I hope you guys will take that to heart. Um, so I you know, hope that you'll you'll be here. So if you see some announcements made or you see a schedule of preaching coming out for Sunday nights in the weeks to come, uh, please don't just pick and choose. Sometimes I feel like the starting quarterback, and I know the guys <laughs> on the team that also play that position that back me up. Sometimes I know the ones that when they preach, some of you wish that the backup quarterback was a, a full-time starting quarterback. <laughs> And others, you wonder, why did they give that guy the ball? Um, but just understand as we're doing this that we really, really want to encourage each other and help each other develop. So, yeah, that, that's that's a great point. Yeah. And you can be gentle but helpful, too, in feedback. It's mm-hmm. it's always good to it's always good to hear what spoke to you and, and what resonated with you and and even ask questions after. I get plenty of questions after things that I've said. And what did you mean by that? Or did you mean to say that? Or help me understand that, and so that will be that will be helpful to these guys too. Yeah, and one one other thing I think um, training wise, we we still I think is is being worked on or kind of um, put together is this idea of a class uh, that you would teach or lead towards people that maybe aspire to be leaders in the church. We've kind of talked about that some in elders meetings of of having that. I'm not sure uh, once again when you're doing the preaching cohort, how much can we can we give you at once, but. Uh, that's something too. I think we need to offer our, our church, and that would be open to any any man that feels like wants to be a leader in some yeah. way. And we're also we're also working on um, as part of our open class 
schedule of curriculum and, and offerings. We're, we're working on a class that is designed for teacher development. So that really would be anyone. That would be if you're teaching a group of women, you're teaching a group of men, you're, you're teaching students or children, or you're leading a D group. If you're looking for something, that, that would be coming down the pike at some point. Don't have a firm schedule on that one yet, but just looking for those skills. How do I manage a group? How do I handle questions? Um, how do I present a lesson? How do I prepare the lesson that I present? So we want to develop. I want to make sure that's clear, too. We want to develop the gifts of all of our people. This preaching one, and the reason I call it preaching, not preaching and teaching necessarily, is it's really aimed at Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, pulpit teaching to the whole congregation with people who might be bivocational pastor teachers, um, might be staff members who preach and teach, might be elders, that sort of thing. But there also is a role for those who just teach and want to get better at teaching, and so we want to help you with that too. We're working hard, and Charles, you can speak to this, we're, we're working hard to transition ourselves into really a training center where our people are being trained up, not just, not just the professional people who are going to be on staff or who are going to be exported as elders or teachers or leaders in other churches or even people who have these clear roles, but just in general that our people are being trained. Can you speak to that just a little bit in, in a short time we got, just the idea of training here versus just discipling? Yeah, and, and that's, that was the word I was going to use is, you know, discipleship is what we feel like we're, we're called to be as the church's disciple makers. Uh, and I think training is just that next uh, kind of step that allows us to 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 push people to get out and do. You know, sometimes we think of discipleship as more of something that we learn or something we see and we, we're working on ourselves, so to speak. A training center has more of an idea where we're we're pushing ourselves to go out and be actually what you talked about a few weeks ago, out there and be a part of what God's doing in the kingdom. How can I be for God in different ways? So to me, all of us need that. We all need training more than just uh, the head knowledge. So it's a, it's you know, it's hands on. It's this is how we do things. It's application. All those things that come to the next step beyond maybe just being a strong believer, being a mature Christian. This is now how has God gifted me, and what am I doing with it to further His kingdom and His call in my life and the and for the people yeah. around me. So it's the training is kind of it's I wouldn't say it's not a next step of discipleship, but it's it should be the finished product maybe of what discipleship should end up being. Yeah, because you've got a platform, you've got an audience, you've got a circle of influence, you you've got a place here, and I don't want to make it sound like a sermon or preachy language, but you know God's given you some role in the kingdom here. So what does that look like, and and am I equipped for it? Am, am I ready to handle? So if I'm a college student and you know the kind of challenges you're going to face, you know the kind of opposition you're going to get if you speak up as a Christian. So are you ready for that? Are you ready to give? A reason for the hope that you have. You know, you're ready to answer that. If you're a business person and you got some new HR rules coming down the line that you've got to deal with and respond to, or you got some employee things that you got to deal with, and you're challenged on things like pronouns or um, beliefs or practices, whatever it may be, are you ready for that? Are you ready for what's coming? But also, if you've just got some opportunities, you know, maybe you're a little league coach, or you know, you're on a you're on a committee or a commission. In the city, whatever it is, are are you trained up and prepared to to represent Christ well there, to be an ambassador there? And that's that's what our aim is. That's what we're all about. Yep. Well, appreciate you guys listening today. I don't know if this will be included or not because I never know what Justin's going to throw at you. But we were having a very helpful discussion about uh, the quality of chicken fingers in the city of Dothan. If you have a strong feeling about that, we'd like to hear from you. And even better. (laughs) 
we would like for you to bring chicken fingers to us for us to test ourselves. Yeah. Exactly. So if you bring them by the office, we will provide a thorough testing of them, and then we'll rank them for you. And I think buffalo sauce is the favorite sauce of the staff, so yeah. that would be good, too. Yeah, so you know, we go to lunch as a staff on Tuesdays, and this will help us because we – Tend to hit a lot of chicken finger places, so you know we were looking. Yeah, we were a looking for the staff. Best. That's all they eat. We think. <laughs> yes, they find chicken fingers wherever we. But thank you guys for listening. And also, as always, and we're working on some of the things you've sent us. Some of you have suggested some rather heady topics, and so we're going to work on some of those things, like law and grace and the life of a Christian, and and some questions that are going to come up from the series that we're in on how do we live as God's people in Babylon, a figurative Babylon now. But if you have questions and things that you want us to address, shoot them our way, uh, podcast at calvarydothan.com, and, and we'll work those out, work on those. And um, just encourage you to continue listening. Share, pass this around um, to folks in the church, folks in your life group, and folks that you know that will find any of this beneficial.